Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, managing editor, FightfulWrestling.com, Fightful.com. It is the Stomping Grounds post show, and it's brought to you by Knockdown Sports Radio. Follow them on Twitter at Knockdown underscore media. It's Chris Calicut and Cody Teague tackling sports and the social issues that surround them. Go check them out there on podcast platforms everywhere. everywhere. Chris Calicut joined us for... Our NBA Draft Podcast, which was the longest podcast I ever did. Alex, you're back. I'm back. And I got to ask you, were you like myself, Chris, and Jeremy Lambert, who were on Bowl Bowl Watch last week? Yeah, well, I mean, he he went to my alma mater. He went to Oregon, which is where I uh, went to undergrad. So I, I followed the Bowl Bowl uh, story long before uh, Thursday night. Uh, I... I don't know what's in his medical write-up, but the fact that that guy fell that far uh, when he's just 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 a, a pile of raw talent that stands seven feet two, um, I'm I'm interested in seeing what Denver does with him. But um, I'm yeah, no, I I was watching along, seeing what happened. I think the top of the draft pretty much went chalk, and everything else after that kind of like Kevin Porter follow following all the way to thirty, <laughs> all stuff like that, but. Hey, you know, I, I haven't got a chance to actually sit down and watch the, what is it, five and a half hour telecast that you guys did? Uh, three three hour. And I, I want to, yeah, before I, I do some light plugs, I just want to thank the thousands of you that watched, downloaded, or listened. We were not expecting that. That was, uh, it was just something we were doing on an off night. Like, to be quite frank with you guys, I've not had a full day off for since I think maybe three or four weeks before double or nothing. And that was one of my nights off. Like that was going to be my day off. And it was me hanging out with a couple of people that I, I consider friends and Chris and Jeremy. And it was a blast. So thank you guys. Uh, Somebody says, Sean, you switched rooms. No, my background will be back up tomorrow. Uh, It was a bit of a time crunch tonight. I was doing the live blog about 2000 words in. So uh, that will be back up, but uh, guys check out lots of the stuff that we have up on Fightful. Uh, Jeremy Lambert had a bunch of interviews last week. Andrew Thompson has a bunch this week. I have a bunch this week. We have like three or four interviews going up with AEW and Ring of Honor talent this week. I have Beer City Bruiser talking about why he passed up WWE for Ring of Honor. And I had some people going, oh, I bet he did. No, he did. He had a meeting at an NXT show, I think in Milwaukee, and they wanted him. He tells you why uh, he didn't do that, but... We also have the first ever Fightful Feast, which is Jimmy Van's uh, take on Table for Three, but it's more like 
table for one, we're interviewing Chris Van Vliet, who is just a fantastic dude and has a great story. Alex, do you know who got Chris Van Vliet his John Cena interview? No, please tell me. Tyler Perry. Wow. That story is wonderful. Make sure you guys check that out. That was a project that Jimmy Van specifically wanted to do, and I love the reception we've gotten from it. And we couldn't have asked for a better dude uh, to do it with than Chris Van Vliet. But leave a thumbs up if you're watching this video live. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube. If you want us to answer your question, read your statement, send a super chat. Don't forget, next weekend, we're back here. Uh, Ring of Honor, Best in the World, and Fighter Fest. But let's get into it. Uh, you know, this show, Alex, we're not going to pretend like it was like some show that we were looking forward to because we weren't. Although I do want to state that I thought it was hilarious that the one week you took off was the week that Raw and SmackDown were good. Yep, that's what I heard. Uh, still have not watched uh, the shows in full. I caught some of the stuff on YouTube. Uh, but I was, I was, I was, you know... <laughs> With my family, not watching Raw, <laughs> but tuning in on my phone on Twitter. And people were like, I can't believe this show's actually decent, question mark. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see that it might be going in a trend if we only look at the first half of the pay-per-view tonight and not the second half. Maybe we're in a renaissance period of good stuff in WWE programming. I enjoyed probably, well, up until the last few matches, I enjoyed it. But let's go ahead and get through it. Fightful Select uh, broke the news tonight that the Cruiserweight Championship would be on the kickoff and get a good amount of time. They did. Drew Gulak defeated Akira Tozawa and Tony Nese to win the Cruiserweight title. Uh, reminder, guys, last week, Mr. Warren Hayes was actually out of town. So I did the 205 Live NXT UK review on Fightful Select. Check that out. But um, you know, there was the report that came out today, Alex, that Vince McMahon doesn't want wrestling during the commercials. Now, this doesn't mean that they won't go to commercial break during matches. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It just means they're going to stop wrestling. (laughs) Yeah. You know. So what the hell? Uh, But apparently that's not the case on the kickoff. Yes. But there's a great suplex into uh, another guy hung up on the ropes. The gulak is applied and Tazawa sentons to break it up. Nice whiffs on a 450 after Gulak does a superplex, but then there's a dude buster that can't get the pin on Gulak because Tazawa attacks. The crowd being so hot for this, which they were for most of this show, Alex, I think is a really big endorsement of the fact that they need to tape this show before SmackDown Live. Yeah. Yeah, when people are 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 awake and ready to watch wrestling, they're they're they've 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 had their appetite whetted all day ready to go in and watch some wrestling. Um, And so they're amped. They'll cheer for what you show them, especially if it's guys doing flippy stuff Um, instead of, Hey, we're here. Show us a dark match between two people. We don't care about who couldn't even make main event. Then we're going to watch two hours of SmackDown, which honestly can be hit or miss. Now used to be great. Now it's hit or miss. And then after that, We'll watch these cruiserweights who we don't really know, but we're kind of tired and I got to get the kids home to bed and I got work in the morning and nobody's actually there for it. This is where you do it. You do it at the beginning when people are ready to watch wrestling. By the way, guys, a little bit out of the way, but you need to go out of your way to watch Davari and Oni Lorcan last week on 205. It was very good. Uh, Looked like Gulak was late on a pin breakup after a deadlift buckle bomb on Tazawa from Nice, but then Drew Gulak wins the cruiserweight title with a torture rack neck breaker on Tazawa. Good for Drew Gulak, man. This guy just keeps putting in that work, Alex, all the time. He he went from he could have stayed in his comfort zone with the PowerPoint thing and just rode that and got real stale, but that's not what he did. No, because here's the thing with, with Drew Gulak. This what you're watching tonight, this new Drew Gulak, that's actual Drew Gulak. That's the catch point guy that showed up at the Cruiser, uh, Cruiserweight Classic. That's this dude who just rips people's heads off. That's who this guy is. But on 205 Live, this guy's an OG. He was there from the very beginning. He was, for a while, he was that kind of thing. And then they did this, like, you know, for a better 205 Live, like he was a politician, like trying to outlaw flippy stuff. And then 
They said, hey, we're going to build this whole show around Enzo, and he needs a comedy sidekick. And that's going to be you, Drew Gulak. And he soared in that role. The, re- the rest of the show was crashing and burning around him. But he was so great in that role. And he's, he's reinvented himself over and over and over again. This is a title reign, a cruiserweight title reign for Drew Gulak that is long overdue. But he's the right guy to be holding this because they have a real chance to bring Chad Gable over to 205 Live full-time, make him a, a full babyface, feud him with Drew Gulak throughout the summer, and rebuild 205 Live around that feud. People will want to come in and, and face those two guys, if whether they're heel or face. That's the way to do this. This is a great opportunity. Or... As you said, just go ahead and make the cruiserweight division fully intergender and put the strap on Ember Moon, like like you suggested. Let's do that. Drew Gulak, <laughs> new champion. I did say last week. I was like, can't remember what what segment there was, but I was like, Alex is somewhere driving in a car, saying, "But how does Ember Moon fit into this?" <laughs> No, I said you were at a gas station and you saw Skittles two for a dollar, and you're like, "But how does Ember benefit from this deal?" Yeah, it's true. Skittles uh, have been getting a push for years, decades, even. Listen, if, if if honestly, it would take somebody else in charge who has a kind of vision, but making the cruiserweight division open to to either gender would would make for some really great matches. You telling me you wouldn't want to see Ember Moon versus Chad Gable? No, I don't want to I see would. that. I don't want to see that. I would. Cool. No, I'm good. I'm all set there. Raw Women's Championship. God, I can't wait till AEW starts. We got to get you on that show instead. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Becky Lynch defeated Lacey Evans to retain the title. This crowd was still hot. This was a good one. Lacey's got some new gear. Becky rocking a ponytail, if you're into that type of thing. This is a lot of Becky catching Lacey's offense and dominating early on. A very light, you-can't-wrestle chant for Lacey. Haven't heard one of those in once a while, once in a while. Or in a while, rather. Becky gets caught and slammed to the mat. Lacey works over Becky's arm. Uh, Becky does a great bridge out of a pinfall, but follows up that lame step-up push kick and... This is where it gets a lot better. Becky rolls off the top rope into a traditional arm bar. And I saw some people criticizing the, the, that Becky was shouting her spots. And I'm just thinking, did you guys see Lacey versus Charlotte? Because, <laughs> Or did you see when Becky was screaming at, I think, one of the Iconics? Hey, come closer. I'm going to drop kick you. And they didn't hear. Yeah. So I, I kind of don't blame her. Either way, uh, Lacey has a nice Bronco Buster. Becky's forearm is much improved. I had mentioned, Alex, a couple months ago, I would like to see Becky start laying her strikes in. She certainly did that here tonight. And, I mean, you can say what you want about Lacey's wrestling ability. Lacey can take this stuff, man. I mean, mm-hmm. she, she's a very, very tough woman. However, Lacey does a really half-assed acid drop and a bad kick, but gets disarmored and submitted. There were some sloppy spots, some bad spots, but I liked this. I thought it was pretty damn good. Um, Becky wins, and I figure, hey, Becky wins. That's We can move on now. Nope. Nope. In perpetuity. This, <laughs> this feud will last until the earth crashes into the sun. This so, feud will last as long as Reigns versus Strowman should have. Yeah, yeah. At yeah. least you had Psycho... Braun Strowman, like, literally obsessed with Roman Reigns at one point. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, this this is this was the this was the the match that started off the show, and I was like, they, this is what they're gonna do now. This is stomping grounds. It's rematching grounds. That's all it is. And we're gonna just gonna keep doing that. Okay, well, you know, I mean this is this was fine. This was okay, but I, I just it's a weird thing to be like, let's make Lacey Evans the most important female on either show, even if she doesn't have a title, uh, which we'll talk about by the end of the night. It's a weird deal. But this was not offensive in its badness, but I was it was it was bland. Like I didn't I didn't feel anything watching it, mostly because I'm kind of done with this feud. But I was at this point I said to myself, I just hope that stopping grounds isn't an, an entire waste of time. And then the next few matches like blew me out of the water. 
So I'm I'm happy that this match was kind of like starting off. The crowd was into it, and that's good. But I I, I kind of am in at this point in the night. I was said to myself, I am entirely done with watching Becky and Lacey wrestle each other at least for now. Well, I'll tell you what you weren't done with: seeing Baron Corbin try to give Caleb Braxton the deep six. <laughs> so. Paul Heyman was in Baron Corbin's office that Corbin has for some reason. Yep. Why does he have an office? Because he's a former acting general manager. <laughs> I guess they all get one of those. I love, I hope so. I hope that Brad Maddox has an office somewhere. <laughs> Just uh, in case he shows up, they have one set aside for him. Yeah. yeah. Well, Paul Heyman dodges a special ref and a Lesnar question, but then Kayla Braxton's there and Corbin's like, oh, I thought you were here for some other reason. Yep. Are you so Baron Corbin's trying to fuck? Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Sure. Yep. We see a recap of some of the twenty four seven title happenings. Uh, I reported on Fightful Select this week. Subscribe now. This filming went way longer than anticipated. They weren't sure who the hell was going to ref this, but uh, Drake Maverick is very popular with WWE management right now for I I, can't, I don't know if he pitched it or if he just went along with it but either way he's in their favor I'll tell you what KO and Sami Zayn in the New Day are in my favor they had a kick-ass match Alex yeah Kevin Owens just spammed a bunch of super kicks it's like he turned his special meter all the way up and just cheated Swanton bombs, blue thunder bombs land, frog splash. Xavier gets isolated and just destroyed in the corner. This was great. It was different. It was a different way to start the match, Alex. I'm all for that. Yeah, uh, me too. Uh, these these guys went out and said we're gonna we're gonna have this match like it's fifth from the end of WrestleMania for the titles. Like it just felt like I, I think about a year ago we were talking about ah oh, man they should just have. You know, even that longer than that ago, when they were feuding, we said Kevin and Sammy should be a tag team. They'd be great together. They like have them feud against the New Day. All this kind of. We were talking about that years ago. Go back and check the tapes. Pretty sure we talked about it. This is great. This is a match that we were we were hoping for two years ago. We're finally getting it. And in what was what was basically a throwaway match in what we anticipated to be a throwaway pay per view. And these four guys said, no, we don't do throwaway matches. We're Kevin and Sammy in the New Day. And, and they just went for it. They, they, it was a, basically a sprint. It was great stuff all around. I really, really enjoyed this match. more, Way more so than I thought I was going to. Perhaps the most ironic situation of this is it's the, the one blessing of the wild card, I think. But it's after Kevin Owens was like, yeah, I mean, it's cool tagging with him, but I'd kind of rather we do our own thing yep. in an interview last week. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. So we're like six minutes in, and Xavier just gets his first offense. They've beaten him down hard. Mm-hmm. For some reason, Big E doesn't see Zayn running all the way across the ring to knock him off the apron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but was, he... That was... Come on, Big E, wake up. <laughs> Either way, he gets the hot tag and kills Zayn with suplexes, and it really heats up. There's an elect- electric tear splash, and... Normally, I'd be like, why the hell is Xavier doing this to Big E? I mean, I get it, but he's hurt. But then you see the impact of it, and you're like, oh, that that's why. That's yeah. why. Yeah. The midnight ride gets stopped, and Xavier eats haluva kicks and pop-up power bombs, And then Big E just steals Zane's soul with a clothesline. Yeah. Kills himself with a YOLO dive. And in the middle of all this mayhem, Kevin Owens wins clean with a stunner. I love him. Win him in the ring. Lose him in the ring. Kevin Owens needed this win, won it with the stunner, glad that just because he's a heel, he hasn't abandoned the stunner, Alex. Yep, no. Xavier Woods, I don't know if you can say he's one of the most underrated performers in WWE anymore. This, this man is becoming one of my favorite workers, period. He is yeah. so good. Yeah, uh, it's one of those things where I think there was a point right at the beginning of the new day when they were when they were starting their title reign and and, and winning stuff and it was kind of like the thing of like uh Xavier Woods was the guy who played the trombone on the outside and occasionally wrestled um and if he was in the match you were like oh the new day might lose this 
Like even when they were like in the middle of breaking demolitions record, like that was the point we were at a few years ago. Now Woods is is absolutely on par with the other two. Uh, he's 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 not afraid to kill himself in the ring. And he does great stuff. It's always there's always something uh, innovative. Like I remember the first time they did the electric chair splash with him and Big E. Like that that brought me out of my seat. Like I couldn't believe that they were doing that. Like really cool new stuff. Uh, I also uh, not for nothing loved his sell the stunner. Yeah, uh, you know it, it brought me back to to great sells of Austin stunner. Looked a little bit like <laughs> he's got a little experience. He took yeah. one from Austin a few that's, years ago. That's true. That's true. But it looked a little bit like uh, Scott Hall taking one. Yeah. Um. I. I. I really. I really like this. I, again. Also love uh, Kevin Owens winning matches with the stunner. I'm all it's for great. it, man. It's great. Austin ain't coming back. Nope. And there's nothing. I mean, hey, if Austin shows up for a one-off, there ain't no reason he can't hit Kevin Owens of all people with a stunner. Yeah, I think and I say think that's it. how you do it like that. It was either today or yesterday was the anniversary of him doing the 316 speech. Like, yeah. so maybe it was a little shout out to Steve on that very uh, important anniversary. Tim Traver, thank you for the super chat. Says, Sean, thank you for giving me your blessing for the Fightful Wrestling Weekly on my YouTube channel. Hey, yeah, guys, I publish that uh, early every week on Fightful Select. It's about a thousand words worth of exclusives, backstage news. Uh, myself, Andrew Thompson, uh, Jeremy Lambert, we are all the time getting interviews. Make sure you all follow Jeremy at Jeremy Lambert 88 on Twitter and follow Andrew at AD Thompson underscore underscore. Uh, but uh, Rob Wilkins says, Bob Sapp, Fightful interview coming soon? Uh, no, I am not going to buy his three business class plane tickets that he's demanding. And uh, Bob, please stop emailing me. Uh, it's getting weird. Uh, next, Ricochet defeated Samoa Joe to win the United States Championship. Samoa Joe matches are snake-bitten, so I expected him to like break his orbital and ricochet to get like diagnosed with a narrow urethra or something like i i didn't like, it seems like there's always something bad that happens in yeah. one of these big matches that wasn't the case tonight this ruled yeah gosh um it, it just goes to show you like like you you give samoa joe's a fantastic sports entertainer at this point in his career but if you give him the right dance partner, he is still a top-of-the-line professional wrestler. Like, it, like it, there's a lot of stuff that he's he's not as quick as he used to be. Um, he still sells some great some great stuff, uh, hits some great moves, but he's not the same as he used to be. But tonight, we got to see a little bit of the old Samoa Joe against Ricochet. And Ricochet, this the even if he had lost... Like all the way through the night, like this whole match, they were obviously putting him out there as a future capital S T A R in this company. And the fact that eventually they not only put the belt on him, but then did the whole thing where he goes backstage and gets congratulated by everybody. They are putting the rocket on this guy. And thank you because this guy's so talented and really they can, in, so charismatic there's so many things he did in the match tonight just the little things like his his giant eyes after he got urinagied out of his skull like there's like certain things that he does that beyond what the normal things are he's just he's just great you know for as much as we criticize wwe for not letting people get over the way that they should they've let ricochet get over the way that he should and you know what that is alex it's in the ring. It's yep. not cutting long promos. It's yeah. not really saying a lot. It's doing what he does best, and that's doing insane things inside and outside the ring. Quite frankly, like, this is how, hard. This is hard hitting early on, too. Like Ricochet yeah. and Joe were slugging it out, man. Yeah, no, they were they were smacking the crap out of each other. This is a, a thing you bring up the long promos and the, his introduction to the main roster was as a tag team partner of Aleister Black. How many matches has Ricochet had since the last time we've seen Aleister Black in a ring? Like, it feels like dozens. Yeah. And 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 he's now a champion. And meanwhile, Aleister Black is begging for somebody to come to his door and challenge him to a match. Like, it feels like 
They, he, if you, you cannot have two more wildly different ideas of how to build a new character. It's been 10 weeks since we've, since Alistair Black wrestled, wrestled yeah. on TV. April so, 15th. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's, it's crazy how, how long it's been. So that's the whole thing is like, you say, we're going to build Ricochet by having him do amazing, awesome matches. And we're going to actually put him in a, in a title match. We're going to give him the title. We're going to have him go backstage, get congratulated by Seth Rollins. Meanwhile, on the other show, Aleister Black's going to be moody in front of a camera. They're good moody promos though. They're good, but we'll see. Let's say we'll, we'll see in two months where Ricochet is and where Aleister Black is. That is if Aleister Black gets his first match next Tuesday. Yeah. Like you, you like who knows? They may keep him keep him like he may have his first match at SummerSlam. That's how long they may ride this thing out, but we'll see. I don't want to get into a whole thing about that, but it is kind of odd the way that they that they've separated those two and how different their builds have been. Well, Ricochet changed the pace of this one with a huge dive, a springboard moonsault. I loved Joe teasing a dragon suplex, then switching to the German. Big clothesline. Samoa Joe does what I can only describe as as an inverted 450 bomb. Yeah. Ricochet goes to kick Samoa Joe, and Samoa Joe holds the foot of Ricochet. He then grabs Ricochet by the heel, flips him backwards. Now, you would assume Ricochet is going to land on his feet, attack. No, Ricochet goes around 450 degrees and lands flat on his back. That's the benefit of Ricochet being able to do what he does. Not only can he make himself look amazing, Alex, he can make his opponent look amazing too. And I thought this was a great balance where you're never going to see that sell from anybody this side of Jack Evans on AEW maybe. Yeah. No, that was was fantastic. Uh, And yes, you're right. Because we've seen a lot of guys – be able to do the you grab my heel, flip me over, I'll land on my feet. Like Seth Rollins does that kind of routinely. Like that's a that's a thing that people do. You know but, what I miss? I miss the old <laughs> hit him in the stomach, put your leg on top of their head like you're gonna do the, <laughs> yes. the lazy head scissors. Yeah. And Michaels I mean, used to do that all the time. And then you flip over. But yeah. the thing is is that 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 when Joe grabs the foot and starts to fling him. I immediately go, he's going to land on his foot, on his feet. Let's see what happens. But the fact that there was an extra rotation, it caught me off guard. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really cool. That's what everyone who does the move to the guy who lands on his feet is attempting to do. Like what Joe did, he was successful. Everyone else is trying to do that. And Joe actually did it. Because so Ricochet is able to take that bump. The funny thing is, you mentioned that. Like, when Shawn Michaels did used to do that, where he would lay that thing, right. lay leg on the top and flip back, he never actually did the Hurricane Rana out of it. Nope. I didn't even know what the hell he was doing until they put that move in a video game, yeah. like, 10 years later. Yeah. Like, for a while, I was like, is he about to do the rocker dropper? Because Marty Jannetty <laughs> did that all the time. Yes. I had no idea. But, but, but this, anytime somebody does that to Ricochet now – will be like, okay, is he going to land on his feet? Is he going to land on his back? Is he going to land on his chest? What's like, going to happen here? Like, I, I guarantee you Ricochet says, guys, I can get another half rotation out of this land on my, on my, on my, on my stomach. I'm like, God. Get, I, like, don't. It's cool. You don't need to. You've already impressed us enough. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where I feel like he always thinks he can get another rotation out of something. Like his crazy thing off the, off the cage in war games. Like, you don't need to. We're we're good. You're already in, like twice as impressive as everybody else. You don't need to be three times as much. Save yourself. So uh, Ricochet wins this with a six thirty. This was outstanding. Yep. This was just good. And then we go through the curtain after the match, and you see like heavy machinery and Rollins and Charlotte and a bunch of random people. Carmella's there. Uh, Hawkins and Ryder. And then Triple H comes over and congratulates him to a really big pop. What'd you think of this? This was a little bit different. Well, this this was this was them showing like this guy's a big deal. He's gonna be a big deal eventually. Like having him come backstage with the U.S. title and be congratulated by by Seth Rollins, who's wearing the Universal title. That's a moment that gets put in the video package when Ricochet challenges Seth Rollins for the Universal title one day. Like that's gonna be the, that's a thing that they're obviously setting up. 
What was a little odd was like how, hey, Charlotte, who's totally heel, uh, is backstage congratulating. This is like the biggest people that they have backstage to be to be there to congratulate him. Uh, felt a little forced, but I did love the um, the Triple H thing because it, you know it's Triple H's boys. It's a, it's a thing it, people recognize as a guy Ricochet coming up from 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 NXT that maybe Triple H has a little hand on in who gets pushed. Maybe it's, maybe it's completely wrong, but there's a perception there. So I like that they're actually playing into that. It was very cool. You don't see this a lot. Then later they have a thing where they appear to be setting up his next challenger as AJ Styles. Yeah, Wait, let's let's talk about on. it. I thought this was phenomenal. Oh, pun intended. Phenomenal. But, yes. Ricochet is backstage. Doesn't have to say a word. Just getting him yep. getting his pictures taken. The club comes up, or uh, the Good Brothers rather, Anderson and Gallows, and I say, oh, "What's going on here?" But then AJ approaches and. They're all like posing for pictures with him. I hope they post those, by the yeah, way. Me too, me too. But AJ says, you know what? I'll see you tomorrow. And I think, hot dog. Yeah. Hot dog. Yeah. Yeah. That's outstanding. Yeah, because here's the thing. Uh, I did go back and catch the uh, the five-way. And I thought, well, after he won, immediately, oh, well, any of those guys are going to be um, his next challenger. You could You could tell me that... He's already had a series of great matches with Cesaro. Uh, you can tell me because he, he the last guy that he beat to become the number one contender was The Miz. You can tell me he's going to do that. You could even have Braun Strowman do one of his, you know, umpteenth heel, heel turns and say, you know, you pinned me after these guys beat me up, so now I blame you for it, little guy. I thought any of those guys was going to be the next challenger. But if you tell me, oh, no, no, um, it's going to be a king-making turn against AJ Styles one of the top guys in the entire company who doesn't see, happen to have a title right now. That's big. That's a big thing for him, for Ricochet to have a, a program with him, especially if AJ's got the club in tow, because that makes yeah. him even more formidable. I love it. Guys, make sure you keep it locked to FightfulWrestling.com this week. I think it's Tuesday. Jeremy Lambert has an interview with Flip Gordon that goes live on the site ahead of Best in the World. Uh, Thursday, Andrew Thompson has one with Jungle Boy ahead of Fighter Fest. He is in a big match on that show. Uh, I have one with Mark Haskins that drops Wednesday and Thursday ahead of Ring of Honor. And I interviewed Beer City Bruiser ahead of the tapings as well. Lots of big stuff going on at Fightful.com. And remember, check out that Fightful Feast with Chris Van Vliet. My favorite match on this show tonight, Alex, featured heavy freaking machinery. Yep unbelievable what these guys all did daniel bryan over huge in tacoma as he and rowan retain the tag team championship smackdown tag titles over heavy machinery this was amazing (laughs) this was fantastic i love this uh early early on now i don't know if this was planned but Whoever planned it or whether they called it on the fly, I'm going to work to to find out that because I do know who set up this match and they were very proud of it. Uh, But I was like, heavy machinery are going to need to pivot and at least play a little bit of a heel role here. And they did, but not so much that it compromises their weekly characters. Right. All this was phenomenal, Alex. Yeah. I mean, uh, you have to wonder if, if this match, this pay-per-view is taking place in any arena, in any of the other states in the union, how hugely over Otis would have been in particular. Tucker too. But like they were playing up to the crowd, but the crowd was having none of it because they were entirely behind Daniel Bryan. Also kind of Eric Rowan, but entirely behind Daniel Bryan. So Otis, who's done nothing but just try and be, you know, wacky big fat guy since he's been on the on the main roster has had like had to like shift a little bit not entirely as you said to like break his whole character that he's been playing but just a little bit in front of this crowd and it totally worked i mean 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, you you tweeted this. I, I I absolutely see heavy machinery is having a fun little heel run at some point. This was just man, it was amazing. Uh, a please recycle chant that was funny. Uh, press slam and what I'll call the relay suplex from Otis to Tucker. That was awesome. That was great. Tucker destroyed Brian with a clothesline, and Otis's power is just outstanding. He caught Daniel Bryan out of the corner, uh, missed a Vader bomb. And then one of the, one of the best spots of the night is Daniel Bryan going back to the yes kicks. Yep. And at the end of it, Otis starts firing up and no selling and catches Bryan with an overhead suplex. You want to talk about reading a room, Alex? That's what this was. Yeah, that that was great. The my, my favorite one was uh, the little uh, test of strength back and forth between Otis and Eric Rowan. Uh, I think Otis probably has twenty pounds. On uh, on Rowan, which is no small feat, but I think Rowan probably has eight inches on 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 Otis, which is a cool little thing back and forth. And then um, Rowan tries a crossbody, and Otis catches him and doesn't even take a step backwards. Like that's that was impressive too. I, I love that they that they that they played that up as well. That was great. Crowd reacted to that big time. Yeah, they did. They were like, dude, this. <laughs> This dude is really strong. Yeah. And it's not often you really get to see those displays of strength yes, because so yes. often it's, oh, look at the the, the stocky guy or the, oh, okay. the, look at the fat uh, guy doing the worm. Oh, <laughs> oh, the, the fat guy is making funny sounds at the lady. Like that's usually what, what he's played as. And I feel like there's a lot more they could do with him. We'll see if this is the beginning of something, you know, a few more layers there. So Tucker does, uh, or there's a slingshot into the belly belly suplex from Heavy Machinery. Tucker does cool. a great spinning yeah. back suplex and misses a moonsault, but it looked like it was on Brian not getting out of the way in time. Yeah, yeah. But Otis catches Rowan midair with the world's strongest slam that we're we were mentioning. But Brian flies off the top with a knee. Tucker cracks him. Tucker goes back up to the top, and I'm like, oh, is he running back to moonsault? Yeah. No. He's not Alex. He's going to jump no. off the top rope and fly onto Rowan. Yep. Amazing. It was great. Gets into the ring and Brian beats him with old Paul Smackage. <laughs> yep. The Paul Smackage. Uh, the small package. Paul Smackage. There we go. That they they. This was amazing. This was outstanding. Yeah, this it, was a breakout performance for Heavy Machinery. And this is what. Um, this is what the the, the week to week storytelling for for these guys in particular has has taught us to expect crap. And when we don't get crap, when we get really great in ring storytelling and 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 a whole move set from Tucker that we did not know he had, flying cross bodies off the top to the outside, moon salts all this stuff that we didn't even know the Tucker had and Otis catching Eric Rowan mid crossbody into a world's strongest slam. All of a sudden we go, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. You've told me these guys are comedy. Nobodies. That's what you've been telling me every week, but now I get to see them wrestle. And now I want to see them wrestle more. And now maybe hopefully you can tell a different story with their characters week to week. And make us, you know, want to see more of them because I, I, I do fear that on on Tuesday they're going to go right back to like, hey, it's the fat guy and his slightly taller partner who are just being wacky. They're drinking protein shakes, wackadoo. Like, there's you can do more with these guys. They've proven they can act. They actually belong at the top of a tag division. Don't squander that. Don't bring them back down. Like, allow them to actually be that. I'm excited for the potential of, of heavy machinery at this point. 
Daniel Bryan had a great promo before this match, too. Uh, really liked it, yep. <laughs> just outstanding stuff. This was amazing. And yeah. uh, uh, I'm I, really digging Daniel Bryan in the tag team division. Yes, yes, I, I, I am, too. Uh, it did feel like it was a kind of a consolation thing they did with him to to get him out of the main title picture, uh, and uh, but allow him to still be in a title picture, which is cool. But I do love how he puts over tag team wrestling, the SmackDown tag division, and his opponents by also tearing them down. It's so subtle. Like the idea of like Tuck, uh, Tucker Knight, a former uh, you know amateur champion, um, uh, Otis, you know Pan Am Games bronze medalist. These are real wrestlers, and yet. They, 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 you know, they, you know, they're be, they're being, comp, they're being clowns. I don't want the championships to be represented by clowns. That's great because also it's a subtle dig at the people who are portraying these great actors as clowns with their writing. Like it's, a, it's a little bit of, of all that stuff. I think that's great because, because Daniel Bryan wants tag team wrestling, especially that on SmackDown to be great. And I think that's, that's awesome that you don't have just, you know, um, a, a heel going, all you people stink and your town yeah. stinks. Like, it's much better than that. Yes. SmackDown Women's Championship. Bailey defeated Alexa Bliss to retain her championship. Back, uh, Bliss kind of butters up Nikki backstage, who is already very excited to be in the corner of uh, Bliss. Alexa seems like she's transformed herself physically, kind of leaned out and stuff. She's only worked. 27 matches in in eight months, but she's moving very well around the ring. Uh, even though this isn't like the barn burner pace of other matches on the show, I can tell that she's been putting in a lot of work. Alexa gets a really big pop after this match started slowly. She runs towards the corner and just slaps the shit out of Bailey. Good reaction there. Yeah. Another match, another lay that in there scenario. Not a problem for Bailey. She does that anyway. Bliss pulls Bailey into the steel post. And they go through uh, what I'll call the Britt Baker special, the, the pin that she's been using a lot into a tilt-a-whirl, but Bailey does what I, I guess is called the Bailey to back suplex. Uh, her sunset flip buckle bomb looks better every week. And Bailey meant to suicide Bliss, but gets Nikki instead. Alexa takes advantage with an awesome code red on the floor. Nikki goes after Bailey in the ring, which gives Bailey enough time to get the knees up on Twisted Bliss. A Bailey to belly wins it. Thought this was pretty darn good. Uh, <laughs> Bailey just inexplicably shoving, well, not inexplicably, but just shoving down Nikki after the match. <laughs> that popped me. That was kind of funny. Like, hey, you, you st- stay down. Yeah. This is a, um, it's a convoluted story that I don't know that I trust them to tell, but I'm I'm willing to wait and see. Um, like the the most obvious outcome is that Alexa was using Nikki the whole time. Uh, Nikki finds out about it because Alexa is, I don't know, talking to Mandy Rose backstage and Nikki overhears it or something. Then there's also the possibility that, you know, Alexa isn't, and that they become very good friends in a tag team or something. Then there's also the possibility of a double turn. Everyone wants to double turn. I want Bailey heel. Like, I'm not sure that I'm prepared for Bailey heel just yet. Um, especially since they wasted a great Bailey heel turn on Sasha about a year ago uh, and didn't do anything with that. So they sent him to counseling instead. Like, if you're going to do it, do it right. But, I mean, I'm I'm in. I'm This is good. And also, there was a lot of good, very interesting chain wrestling that Alexa Bliss and Bailey were doing uh, out of that shoulder hold that it was they, the work in the arm. That was some, some cool stuff you don't actually get to see a lot. Um, my whole problem with this from the very beginning has been with the wild card rule and that you just have, you know, Alexa, who's a raw uh, superstar who wins a match on a SmackDown to become SmackDown top contender. Like that's, that's a, that's a weird thing to like, and we've kind of forgotten about that because, because as Kevin Owens said in his interview, the, the wild card rule was loosely defined when it was first uh, came yeah. out, and it's been loosely enforced since then, so okay, fine. If this is if this is the way it goes, then 
that anybody can be a champion on any brand and it doesn't matter and you go back and forth or whatever. Okay, fine. But right now it still feels wonky. That's all. We see a vignette of Ali talking about how his parents were murdered, how he doesn't use guns, <laughs> and he talks about his butler, Alfred. <clears throat> yeah, this is uh, this could uh, wind up being really bad. <laughs> like, the idea that well, there was... Hold on. Where was he when Baron Corbin was yeah. harassing Caleb Braxton? This is the thing, is that you've you've set up this thing where... This is what it feels like they said... Hey, we really like these uh these uh promos that you write, edit, and cut yourself out out in the world. Um, we're gonna go ahead and co-opt those. Um, and and you are going to stop this random woman from being an alcoholic with the power of your baby facing. Like that's that's not necessarily where okay, fine. Like I'm I'm a little better with him like stopping the two dudes from bullying the guy that's better but um he intervenes in domestic violence out on the street when without knowing any of the context it's weird like it's it's got the potential to be great and i and i believe mustafa will make it great someone if, Zach Ryder is like know your feeling bro yeah <laughs> if, if this is if this were anyone other than my fave which Mustafa Ali has been for for years now, I would probably like really hate this, but it's it's Mustafa Ali, so I gotta like give it a chance. I you love... should give everything a chance, no, Alex. Right, it's a big right. Objective. That's true. But what I'm saying is, I'm I, I I I believe this will go somewhere good as opposed to anticipating it going somewhere bad. But here's the thing: the fact that they're playing it in the middle of a pay per view that he's not even on allows me to believe that, that they have big plans for this guy going into SummerSlam. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing at least what those things are, but really you can't stop somebody from being an alcoholic because you stand there and look at them. Like that's not a thing. So kids don't try that with your uncle Dave. It's not going to knock until you try it, Alex. Okay. Uh, the sharpshooter thank you for the super chat reminder guys you can get your question answered or your statement read by donating a super chat says fightful doing a meetup for SummerSlam in toronto with a question mark that's not him announcing it who's attending SummerSlam week from fightful wxw progress roh have shows any interest uh yeah i'm doing some stuff tentatively where I should be able to interview several people from those shows. We're working on that right now. I will be in town looking like pretty early on in that week, but you know, Jimmy will be in town. Melissa, Nigel, of course, Showdown Joe's around. He lives in Toronto, so uh, the typical Toronto crew, but it's me going up there for uh, that show, getting a lot of work done ahead of that. Up next, Roman Reigns defeated Drew McIntyre with Shane McMahon, but it's not over yet, Alex. Oh, they got God, a handicap no. match on Raw. Oh, this is where the, the night really turned for me. This whole deal. Um, yeah, uh, we'll talk about the match, but jeez, they're they're just they're beating this whole storyline right into the ground, and it's just it's time to move on. Well, Reigns and Drew go right at it. There were a couple spots I really liked. Reigns chases Shane through the crowd after a big dive, but gets caught flying over the barricade with a punch. And then it was hit or miss for me after that. Uh, McIntyre did a great spine buster into a bridging pin, does a surfboard crab, the Iron Maiden, the Bama Slamma into the announce table, even does like a, a East River Crossing. But Reigns' offensive performance is not as inspired as McIntyre's, which is kind of... The opposite of what we see in their matches, usually. Uh, Reigns does connect with a flying or a Superman punch onto a flying McIntyre and a spear hits, but Shane drags the ref out of the ring, which isn't a DQ? No, because Shane's Shane. No, okay. Because well, he, he ostensibly runs the whole company. Well, Reigns has to lean in to help Shane with the coast-to-coast, which makes me think, if people got to do that all the time... Come up with something else. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do do the old Rob Van Dam skateboard move that he did, where he would 
run with a chair and drop kick it into somebody's face. Yeah. Do that instead. Yeah. That's okay. I mean, hell, that almost furthers the the thing that Shane isn't what he used to be. Right. And further needs that help. Whatever. Either way, Reigns wins with the spear. Um, eh, it is what it is. Yeah. They, they are not doing Roman Reigns. I mean, okay, the crowd loved Roman Reigns here, so maybe I'm alone. But to me, in my personal opinion, they could be doing Roman Reigns way more favors by putting him up against fresh, yep. newer talent that he hasn't worked with a hundred times. Yeah, this is the thing. Uh, Roman Reigns, this is the problem. Is like, I mean, I wouldn't wish this on anybody, but go back and, and listen to the commentary during this. It's just Michael Cole saying big dog a hundred times and then saying ever resilient and all these things that describe, you know, the fact that he's basically invincible. This is the stuff that, 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 that kind of got to this point. Like we know he's not like he beat leukemia. Like that's a cool thing. You could, you could like the fact that he's not invincible in real life. There's other things you could do with this guy that don't involve him. Like, oh, how will he ever overcome the odds? Whoops, he overcame the odds. Like, that's basically the story of every Roman Reigns match. And okay, but it's kind of lost all of its luster. Like, the idea, like, we've never seen Roman overcome these odds. And then he does. And then you say that again the next match. And it just becomes a thing where it's kind of a parody of itself at some point. Um, and, And this is the thing also. A few weeks ago, we had Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon in a match, and we both went, made predictions for it. At you know, at you know, signs of time, saying that um, that Roman was never going to lose that match versus Shane, and he did. You know, via via chicanery and all sorts of things like that. But now, this is the match that he wins. Versus Drew McIntyre, who way more badly needs a victory than Shane McMahon at this point. Like, the guy who you got to have, like, who would who would gain so much more from beating Roman Reigns, even via chicanery, is Drew McIntyre, not Shane McMahon. And and they the way they sold this thing after the match of, like, Finally, Roman Reigns is free of Drew McIntyre and Shane McMahon forever. And, <laughs> and then we know that that's not true because of that's uh, how they, they write things. We knew that at the time. And then later we see the thing where Shane McMahon challenges him to a two-on-one handicap match tomorrow on Raw. And we just go, yeah, I know, because it's just this thing that never ends. This yeah. thing that never ever ends. You gotta move past this, guys. Well, hopefully that's what happens with Kofi Kingston against Dolph Ziggler because this was the most remarkably average match I've seen during Kofi Kingston's run. Yeah. This five minutes in, the coolest thing was them missing their finishes to open it. Otherwise, it was boots and drop kicks. The first good spot that I saw came like nine minutes in with a body press. Uh. Ziggler applied an ankle lock and Kofi climbs out of it, eats a super kick. And I loved where he almost fell out of the cage. That was cool. Yeah. And Ziggler's panic. But Ziggler hits a zigzag for two. This one is a snoozer to me. Yeah, bad. Ziggler goes to crawl out of the rope or crawl through the ropes, but Kofi jumps over him and wins. I thought that between the, the opening spot, the little body press, the really great SOS, the ankle lock spot, the super kick spot, the zigzag, and crawling out uh, and then being jumped over, this could have been a very good match. But it didn't need to be as long as it was if it was going to be this. It did not need to be this. And that's a bummer to me because I know that both of these guys can work their asses off. But Wikipedia says 20 minutes. If it were 20 minutes, it should have been 10 if this is what it was going to be. Yeah. The problem with steel oh, cage- somebody says only if they could have blood. No, what what was blood going to add to this? No, nothing, nothing. If 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 we saw the exact same match, but early on, like Ziggler had gotten color, but the rest of the match was was wrestled the same way. It's the same match. It's, it's crap. You're like there's yeah. nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing interesting to it. The thing is, is that they they 
WWE in a cage match over relies on the spot of I'm going to throw you at forehead first into some chain link and you're going to bounce back into the ring and the announcers are going to sell that as though you've almost died when it's just it's chain link like as children we ran into chain link fences all the time at like you know playground or something it's not not that bad I mean sometimes you can cut you cut yourself on it but if you don't it's fine and apparently they didn't so it was fine like that's that's a lot of it and um at least i thought at the end they used a cool way of figuring out the door thing cuz you and i are of the same thing the door sucks in cage matches door door really sucks don't like it but at least the, the door was used creatively at the ending of, of this match um i i I, I think the whole thing of like I'm we're gonna use this as a cage match and that way the new day they're the, Big E and Xavier they can't get involved. Okay, that's great, but there was a point like really early in the match where Kofi was like I'm gonna climb out of this cage and I'm gonna beat you that way and I just like I don't love the idea of the babyface hero champ like running away from his challenger. It's just it's a bad look. There's ways of booking matches like this that don't feel counterintuitive. But this one was just kind of like, as you said, there were a few good spots. And the ending, I thought, was creative at least. But the rest of it was kind of like, meh. And I've really hated the whole Dolph Ziggler arc with this thing. The whole it should have been me thing just didn't, didn't for me, didn't work since, since the beginning. So I'll be really happy to see Kofi move on to somebody else. The Sharpshooter, thank you for the Super Chat, says, Alex, come to Canada and run for prime minister and win it with that sands of time gimmick <laughs> keanu reeves legendary we the north I, I don't know what that means i don't know wd universal championship lacey evans the special guest referee makes makes sense but this does not need to keep going uh corbin beats rollins down with a chair this results in chance of this is stupid AEW, boring, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan. Is this this mythical heat that Baron Corbin gets that everybody keeps saying like, oh, well, in a day where it's a genuine heel heat, it's hard to get. That that ain't genuine heel heat. Nope. That is Baron Corbin getting booed for the sake of being boring and for the sake of bad decisions. This is not genuine heel heat. Now, as I've mentioned, Vince McMahon sits behind Gorilla and just hears people boo him overwhelmingly. So I get why he thinks that. Yeah. But the tickets didn't move for this show. No. The crowd shit all over this. Yep. That is not the right kind of heat. Not the right kind of heat. Corbin works over Rollins with a ripcord slam, superplex, uppercut. But you know what we're getting? Lacey doing a slow count after yep. some strikes from Rollins. So... Based on that, Alex, that elbow and the forearm and the knee and the super kick, that Corbin was done. He was finished there. Yep. So I don't need to see Baron Corbin getting a title shot again. Yeah. He lost of his own ignorance at sands of time, and he would have lost to a super kick like five, six minutes into the match, if not for a slow count. Don't need to see him anymore. No more merit. Yeah. This this was bad on all counts. I, I, I saw a lot of stuff on my timeline about, oh, so clever of Baron Corbin's to pick Lacey Evans to be the special referee. Ah, what is Seth going to hit her with a chair? Uh, I think not. Okay, well, I mean, he great. didn't. He didn't, oh, Alex. No, he, no, he didn't. Um, but then you have a problem because you have her. You have the entire match relying on Lacey Evans. Well, here's the thing. As Justin Lopez said in his super chat, next month at Extreme Rules, probably mixed tag with both titles on the line. Yeah, probably, considering the trajectory of this show and the way that they do things. Probably. Uh, Let's go ahead and get there. Rollins power bombs Corbin through the announce table, and Lacey stops counting at eight and says there are no count outs. Well, (laughs) why doesn't she not count? Like, here's the thing. Like, Like, I guess, I guess the answer is yes. But my first thought is, can she just do that? Like, like does 
do the refs get that power or doesn't that usually require like an authority figure to come down and, and do that? Like Stephanie McMahon loves to restart matches with different rules, but I, I didn't, I've never seen a ref just do it, but I guess, you know, she's the heel and why not? Cause, cause, cause things just happen now. So, okay. 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 Lacey, you can change the rules of the match. Not once, but twice. Fine. She does the same with a DQ because for some reason, after Corbin's been hitting Rollins with a chair, she didn't DQ him, but now she just wants to let it be known. Oh, okay. That's dumb. Rollins had uh, hit a frog splash. Lacey pretended her arm was hurt. Corbin did an amazing choke slam, though. Yeah. Holy crap. Outstanding. But uh, Rollins does a falcon chair on the arrow. No count. Lacey Evans slaps Rollins and punches him right in the penis, and end of days lands. Becky Lynch comes out to a humongous pop. Yeah. And it's one of those pops they had to be watching for Becky Lynch. So yeah. that, that was cool. Well, er, er, everyone knew the ending of this match. Yeah. Like, that was the problem, is that they've been, I, leaning, they've been leaning so heavily on the whole, hey, did you know Becky and Seth are dating? Becky is, Becky is Seth's girlfriend. You know that, right? So... It was yes, the person that Becky hates most of all is also screwing with her boyfriend. So therefore, the ending could not be more telegraphed. Yeah, I thought that Becky would put her in a disarmor, and every time that she tapped out, that would be the one, two, three. That's funny. Yeah, that, that's actually clever. That's yeah, a, that, right. that, that's that's clever. But see, no, they're not going to do clever. That's maybe I would have lasted do. longer than a week. Um, doubt it though. So. <laughs> Becky Lynch beats the living shit out of Lacey. Very yeah. good beat down. Yeah. Who she's already beaten twice in actual matches. I love that John Cone was the referee that hit the yes, ring. At least that had some continuity. Yeah. Have you ever watched the, sh- the movie Hancock? Uh, no, I, 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 I missed that one. You need to watch it. It's okay. actually pretty fun. All right. I, Baron Corbin hits the villainous. Not you. You didn't. Yeah. Just look, not not you again. And uh, Rollins reverses end of days and wins with a curb stomp. Rollins and Becky embrace to end the show. And this is more of a story than what the match is. And I and Kristen Ashley, thank you for the super chat. Make sure you guys check out belltobells.com. says, is Rollins-Lynch relationship as an angle? Good. Well, I think it's very subjective. And I know a lot of people are upset and they think, well, they're trying to make her Rollins' girlfriend. I think they're trying to make Rollins Becky's boyfriend. I, th- I think that's the route they're going. Becky is more over. Becky is more popular. Becky right now is more famous, and they're doing what they've done since the beginning of time. They're getting somebody the rub, and I think that's a ringing endorsement of Becky Lynch. I And also, if Rollins doesn't call himself the man's man, the real man's man. I don't know what he's doing, yeah, but, first yeah, off. Yeah. But what do you think of this, Alex? Because I'm pretty sure you've got a scalding hot take that won't backfire on us at all. Yeah, no, no. Um, if I, I just don't trust this company to be progressive enough to be like, it's actually Seth is Becky's boyfriend. Like, I just don't feel like they're, they're, they're in that point. I feel like they can only do... Why, why the, is that progressive as opposed to they're in a relationship? No, that no, that's fine. <laughs> Actually, the best thing they could possibly do is they're on equal footing and in a totally equal relationship. They stand but, on podiums that are the same size. They wear ribbons that are the same colors. Yes, that 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 would be the actual thing that would be great is to make them equals. But I don't think that they're capable of doing that. I, I would like them to. The thing is, if they turn Becky into she's Seth's girlfriend, like that's the character she has. Yeah. As they did in NXT, where Candice LeRae was just Mrs. Gargano for a year. Like, I, I swear to God, this company. Like, p- please don't do that. Um, if you can figure out a way to actually make it make it a cohesive, natural story that runs its course as these as these two are in a relationship, and and not that it's like about the fact that they're in a relationship. Okay, cool. Let's see how that works. I just but saw the- Kristen's comment. Did Becky hold the ropes for Seth? I- <laughs> <laughs> now, see, now, see, that's cool and subversive. 
Like if they can do it that way, great. But the uh, but I don't I don't trust them to do that. Now the thing is, the problem is that I have with this is that the inevitable next chapter is Seth and Baron's feud continues, and Becky and Lacey's feud continues, and both of those feuds need to have been done weeks ago. The that that's the problem with this is that the dog days of summer are just going to be these four hashing it out on Mondays and Tuesdays. Yippee! And apparently Seth said, because you're the man, while Becky held the ropes open for him. Uh, That's fantastic. That's good. Alex, we got a busy week. Yeah. Raw and SmackDown. Wednesday's listing your boy, by the way, guys. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I didn't do a post show for the MMA podcast last night, but boy, was that a night. Artem Lobov, a Conor McGregor training partner who was a less than 500 MMA fighter, beat Polly Malinaji in a friggin' boxing match. That's going to be fun to talk about this week, Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Over on the MMA channel, if you all haven't subscribed there, go do so. Uh, it's youtube.com slash Fightful MMA Boxing. But uh, we got Warren Hayes' show this week on Select. We got The Weekender on Select. I had my Q&A show this past week on Select. You all can subscribe, ask as many questions as you want. We have the Fightful Backstage Report podcast. And this weekend, Alex, I don't know if you realize how stacked these next three weeks are. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, stomping grounds this week. This weekend, Friday, Ring of Honor, Best in the World. I'm covering that. Saturday night, Fighter Fest, covering that. Sunday, I don't know. I might dial you up and ask you to get on the horn for NBA free agency. (laughs) Haven't decided yet. Don't know. Uh, But the next week, UFC with two big title fights, Holm versus Nunez, Jones versus Santos, and then New Japan, and then Impact Slammiversary. Oh, how about coming back the next week for Extreme Rules? What? The WWE stuff, the turnaround is insane. Like, it's just too fast. So I, I'm I'm really looking forward to a basically a five to six week break between Extreme Rules and SummerSlam, so they can actually tell some cohesive stories. Well, I'll tell you what I've never been more excited to send somebody a microphone, and that's what I did for Andrew Thompson. He's nice. going to do some more stuff with us. Uh, Jeremy Lambert's going to do some more stuff with us. Uh, our schedule is going to be wild in the fall. It's going to be changing a lot. But by all indications, looks like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. With pay-per-views Saturdays, sometimes Sundays, it's it's going to be really, really interesting, guys. But uh, make sure you all follow Alex at uh, Palowski the Fourth. Follow me at Sean Rossap. Somebody says, Sean, did you ever do that NBA draft report? I was a bit busy over the past few days. <clears throat> We're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.